Welcome to Rise and Thrive, Conversations for Greatness. We bring you captivating conversations with extraordinary individuals who have conquered challenges, achieved greatness, and are making a positive impact in the world. This is your go-to source for inspiration and motivation. I'm your host, John Merkis. What a delightful pleasure it is to welcome our esteemed guest to the show today. Her infectious charm endears her to everyone she encounters leaving an indelible mark of warmth and positivity. She embodies boundless joy, always ready with a smile and a warm embrace, and engaging conversation with her is a genuine experience. That's why she's uh, here today. She shows sincere interest in you, and, and that is just amazing. Like all of us, she's had her fair share of challenges, but she continually surmounts them, emerging stronger, and more resilient. Inside and out, she exemplifies greatness. She's an entrepreneur, an accomplished educator, holding a university degree in education, a loving mother of two exceptional, creative and beautiful children. She's affectionately known as the Queen of Bayside. It's my distinct pleasure to introduce the epivescent Emily Perkins. How are you, Emily? <laughs> well, I'm just a bit speechless after all of that. Does that I think I've just been um, gone up a peg. I thought I was the princess, but you've just totally crowned me the, the queen now, which I'm quite happy with. <laughs> Great. Thank, thank you, John. I thought you might be a little bit uncomfortable with that introduction, actually, because <laughs> some people like you have trouble accepting compliments. And... Mm. Um, and you don't need to because everything I said was true and um, and also um, not only my opinion but but others' experience of you as well. So it's really um, an absolute pleasure to ask you and I'm, I'm so glad that you agreed to come on because I think your story and your life has been great and the things that you've had to do and the things that you think make a difference. And I, uh, I'd love to share that with the audience to make a difference to them as well. So for those that don't know you, yep. what I, my first question I wanted to ask you is kind of a generic one, but yep. with all of that, with the, with the businesses that you're part of, with uh, the education that you've had, with everything that you manage in your life, how do you manage it all? Well, <laughs> I, I don't have much sleep actually. I must say that the one thing I, I do lack is um, much sleep. I think it's prioritising um, goals, goals in your life and, and what's important to you and I'm a bit of a list person so I sort of run my day-to-day as part of a list so if I, if I check, you know, half the list I'm pretty pretty happy but, um, yeah. Excellent. So one of, the, one of the ways you're able to be great is you'll write a list of things that you, that you, that you need to do that you need to get done. Yes, on a so, day-to-day, day-to-day, yeah, I sort of I have a list of this is what I need to achieve mm. today and I've got to be self-disciplined to get through through those things. Yeah, um, that's great. There's an old expression, don't just think it, ink it. So, Because <laughs> a lot of people might have those lists in their head, right, and then it gets a bit overwhelming or you don't have a structure and you might forget what you need to do. But if you're thinking it and inking it and writing it down and prioritise what you need to do, um, that's a great structure. Yeah, and I sometimes. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, you go. No, no, no. I was going to say I'm very much a um, I'm visual too. I think that the visualization comes into it a lot. Is um sort of putting a a goal of what you want, where you want it to be, 
writing the list mm-hmm. of how how you can get there. Great. Really simple, but a piece of gold right off the bat, right? And that's what I often mention in the show and to others. Some of the concepts that we talk about, they might not necessarily blow your mind. Some of them will. There's no doubt about that. Mm. But some of them might not. But the thing is, as adults, we really overcomplicate things. So it's as simple as, what have I got to do today? Let's write a list. Let's uh, let's put it in the order that we think that we might need to do it. Have some flexibility if things change yeah. and get on with it. Yeah. And I think that being flexible is is the main thing because, um, and I'm not talking about touching your toes, I'm kind of flexible, but I'm doing it down. <laughs> Which is right up your alley. <laughs> Which yep. is right up my alley. We'll get to that in a minute, yeah. <laughs> but I think that also going with the flow because, you know, things don't always go our way and sometimes we're throwing things and it's not what we planned, but it's making yep. the best out of that situation. And usually there's a reason why you went sort of down that path that you've been throwing. Yeah, I love that attitude. Everything happens to, uh, to me for a reason yeah. and sometimes I pop on the end of that and it serves me. Mm. And so I think that's a great segue to, to, to talk about. You, uh, I kind of call you the queen of dance as well, right, because uh, <laughs> Emily runs a, um, a wonderful um, dance school called Steps. Now, I've got to get it right, don't I, because uh, it's Steps. School of Dance. School of Dance. It's not the dance school. It's a school of dance, which uh, is a wonderful organisation. And that has taken time to create. And I know it was a a bit of a a dream and something that, you know, you've been actively involved in the arts from an early age. And I wondered if you got some of that from your parents, um, as because I know they were very creative and often kids. Uh, follow in their parents' footsteps uh, like that. But you were mentioning to me the other day how you had this dream and you had a major setback. Can you can you tell us the story about what happened or yeah. Yeah. Um, even earlier than that if you'd like to, but um, I'm going to throw it over to you. Yep, happy to um, chat. <laughs> <laughs> so go for it. So I suppose actually um, going back to as you touched on the base of sort of parents I had very musical family upbringing you know after dinner it was jump on the table and tap dance you know after it was dinner and a show most nights and um, (laughs) so I danced from a young age of you know three right through to 17 it actually was something I never expected to be a career to be honest it was I wasn't going to be a professional dancer I love my dance I thought I'll go and keep something in the industry and I was I was quite good at art at the time visual arts and um, photography and design. So, um, yeah, year 12, I sort of went, okay, that was my career, my hobby I loved. It's probably a bit like, you know, footballers out there, they love their footy but they're not always footballers, they don't always make it. So I went on to um, Melbourne Uni and studied Bachelor of Education in Visual Arts. But, um, but I was thinking this morning actually how, the end of year 12, the subject selection I made, I had teachers say to me, they're not the best subjects to go to uni. You won't get in. And I said, what do you mean I won't get in? And um, I think as soon as they said, you won't, I went, watch me. <laughs> so that was one of those. And I'm, I would say I'm quite a determined person. If someone does mm. say to me, you can't, I'm not being defiant, but I just think, oh, how, how can I make this happen? So end of year 12, I finally um, managed to land a spot in 
which was the University of Melbourne on Melbourne campus and um, did a Bachelor of Education in Visual Arts. So the teaching sort of, I mean, the, um, the dancing sort of got a bit put on hold, but I was still quite active. Anyway, um, long and short of it, halfway through my teaching course, I had a, an incident where I fell off a chair at uni and um, that left me without, you know, that was a real setback because it was sort of, you know, I was in my prime, I was in my early 20s, life was great and I had a fall and um, next minute I was unable to sort of move properly. I had to mm-hmm. um, defer my university degree and go off and have sort of traction on my back regularly and yep. put my course on hold. So, Wow. At the time, that must have been quite devastating because you're on, on a particular path and then all mm. of a sudden life changes and you're not on that path anymore. Yeah. And what kind of mindset or what was your thinking like to try and get through that? I think that uh, having a supportive, like, parents did help because, you know, when you're 20, 21, you can get a bit, you know, doom and gloom and things can mm-hmm. look like, you know. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. having parents that said, this is not going to define who you are, you know. What great advice. Yeah. This is, you're not, this injury isn't something that's going to define you. We'll, we'll get through this. Mm. Um, and I went through sort of a bit of a, a rough couple of years, to be honest. It sort of was one thing after the other. I had, um, you know, got the old glandular fever as you do at uni and then got, you know, mm-hmm. set back a few different things. But in my final year, I managed to land a part-time job at a dance studio called Steps mm-hmm. School of Dance, <laughs> and that was in 1994. Right. Yeah. Nearly 20 years ago. Yeah, 30. 30? Oh, my God. Yeah, I've got to do maths. Yeah. <laughs> 30, <laughs> I, I know. know. <laughs> wow. 30 years ago. So, I know, I'm only 40. <laughs> um, so, 30 years ago, I saw an ad in the paper you know, seeking an assistant dance teacher. And it was one of those things that was sort of my, um, I was looking for a part-time job, probably paid me $8 an hour or something, and I applied mm. as assistant teacher. Do you want me to keep talking or just keep going? Or? Yeah, keep going. This is, we want to know about your life. We want to know um, all about it. And um, it was a, I might interject every now and then, yeah. but, um, yeah, you, this is, uh, don't ever feel like you're, um, you're talking too much because uh, that's what the show, the show's about you. Talking. Um, I'm kind of facilitating the conversation sometimes, but the, but the show's about you. Yeah. There's one thing I even wrote down just before when you were talking because you said, I said, okay, how can I? And that is an amazing question to ask yourself in, cert, in, certain, situa- in certain situations. So things might not be working out or you want to do particular things or you might um, have a goal. So the first question if with a with a mindset of of um of being great is um, how can I do this? Yeah. What do I need to do? Let's explore that, rather than oh, I'll never be able to do this. I'm not good enough. All those kind of things. So, I think that really helps um, remind people that the question how can I is has this power in just asking the question and exploring that. Yeah. So um, I wanted to acknowledge you for that because that's a that's a awesome awesome mindset so just with the timeline so have you you, you'd had the fall and had gone through that and this then getting the part-time job after that yeah and actually the funny thing was um I applied for the job that's what I remembered I applied for the job and the lady said we'll come in and we'll we'll meet you 
And it was just to be an assistant teacher with little kids. And when I rang her, she said, I actually think you're too qualified for, for this job. And I said, I just want to mm-hmm. gradually move again and dance again. And um, and I applied for it and I was meant to go in. And then the night I was, the day I was meant to start, I got the glandular fever. I got like a right. chronic fatigue and I had to ring in and say, oh, I can't come in. So she said, oh, well, I'm not meant to be. And so I was sick on and off for three to six months I got. You name it, everything. I got uh, middle ear infections. I was run down. It was just, you know, sort of spending a lot of time at home. And and ultimately, it sort of, it actually ended up leading me down a path of quite much, um, you know, going down that sort of depressed state of things weren't going the way I'd planned, you know. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm great, having a great old time, living my best early teens and, and late teens, sorry. And then... Um, so it was a few months later and I'd said to my um, actually my boyfriend at the time, one of one of many, you know, back in the day, <laughs> I, said, <laughs> I said to him, I might ring that dance teacher and see if um, if she ever needs any work. And I said, there's no harm in just ringing. She might, you know, I'm better now. Maybe the other girl mm. didn't work out. Yep. That night the landline in the hallway, <laughs> there's no mobile phones, rang and she had rung me to say the other girl that she'd employed hadn't turned out and would I come in and do this. Whoa, yeah. you're giving me goosebumps. And so you're having a conversation with someone saying, I think I might do this. Yeah. You don't get even a chance to do it because it's already happening. Yeah, she rang me that night and I said, and I did the old, I was just thinking about you, which sounds always so kind of, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the other funny thing was I sort of, I'd worked, I'd spent my last $20 on something in a toy shop that day, which sounds really funny, but I bought it for someone. And I thought, I've got no money. I have, I'm 21 years old or whatever I was, no money older than that. And I don't have a job and I'm not, you know. So there you go. Walked in and started working for this teacher in 1994. Mm-hmm. And then um, I finished. Um, went back and did some more part-time uni because I was sort of could what I could deal with. And then um, 95, the girls that ran the business said, we'd like you to take a few of your own classes and see if you can start your own little thing on a Saturday morning and whatever yep. you take is yours kind of thing. So it was like being part of a almost like a franchise. Yeah. So I started my own classes on a Saturday morning and built up about 50 students on a Saturday morning in the business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And at the end of that year, the girls that owned it said, well, would you like to take over and buy the whole business? Yeah. And I was like, oh, oh I'm 24, you know. Uh, and that same week was sort of March 19. I'm thinking of dates here because I'm very much, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it was March 1996. I graduated and bought a business in the same week. So I got my degree and bought the bought the business. That is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I've still got I've still got um goosebumps. So after all those setbacks, maybe you weren't ready. That's not why you've had setbacks or but but it often happens in life where things happen at the time where they're right to happen, whether you realise it or not. Yeah. So when you're explaining that story, you know, you wouldn't wish wish those things that that you were challenged with on it on anyone. Yeah. Uh, but life happens, right? I mean, we we're not all um, you know, rainbows and unicorns all the time. All of us have setbacks. And oh, things I that beg we to need, differ. I'm big on rainbows and unicorns, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, that, that's always a good. That's always a good part. Um, but then the timing was right, 
And it's still blowing me away that you were thinking this. You were putting it out there with your thoughts and your words. Mm. And then somehow you can call it the universe, you can call it life, you can call it connection, you can even call it coincidence if, if mm. you want. But um, the point is it happened, you got the phone call and that took you down the path where you wanted to go earlier but you weren't able to mm. and it was still available to you. So there's so many lessons in that, including that just because the doors closed now doesn't mean it always will be. Oh, totally, totally. That it may open again and you might not have the key yet. You might not be ready. You might not even be at the right door. But keep going and things will work out. Mm. And as a, as a child I sort of had this thing of I'd get a present and it'd be, I'd open it up and I remember having um, a Christmas Day I opened up my Chrissy doll. I don't know if you'd know what a Chrissy doll is, being a, a male, but they were a very popular doll and my cousin got one and I got one. And mine was broken in the box. And back in the 70s, Christmas shops, the shops didn't open the next day. They opened days later. So I had to look mm -hmm. at this doll. Anyway, I said, that's okay. I'll get the next one. It'll be okay because it was broken. And so all through my life, mum's always said, you don't always get things right the first time, but you usually get them right the, se the second time. <laughs> and um, so that's sort of been my, not motto, but often, there's a lot of things that have happened to me and they haven't got Yep. landed you know where I wanted them to be the first time but they yep. usually turn out for the best and I think that if I'd gone through the the university degree and finished I might have become a school teacher and I'm not mm -hmm. and that might have that would have been a different path but it's all you know sliding doors and smoke and mirrors really because the job I'm in now I was meant to have and I might yep. not have had that had I not had the setbacks because I wouldn't have been looking so I, I don't look at it as all bad. I look at it as part of, um, you know, making the best of a situation and then being in the right place at the right time. So awesome <laughs> and so great. And uh, just um, I'm loving this so much. Good on you, Em. And I love that mindset. And you can see that you've carried that through. You've been so you're a, you're a young business owner. At the age of 24, you've been given this uh, opportunity or, or around that yeah. age. You could have easily went, look, I'm too overwhelmed. Or I don't know. But you've you've gone yes and you've gone for it. Um, you mentioned you have had good support. Yeah. And we often talk about in this show about surrounding yourself with the right people. Yeah. Um, you know, there's that old saying, show me who you're hanging around with and I'll tell you where you'll be in five years' time. Yeah. Uh, so it's very important to be mindful of who you're hanging around with. Are they a positive influence on you? Are they supportive of where you want to go? Are you supportive of them where yeah. they where they want to go? And it's not all of us have this, but I, I certainly did. And I know you're saying about the family having a supportive family is um, is um, great if it's if it's there. And if it, if you don't have that, then there's other ways to bring that support in. Um, but family is uh, is super important as well. You had it. It, it really it really helped. So, um, and you had that chance to kind of put your toe in the water a little bit. So, you know, through your work, hard work, and your attitude and your positivity, you built up to fifty odd students. Yeah. So you were demonstrating and showing life. I can do this, uh, and I'm pretty good at it. And then you got an even bigger shot at it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it was um, 
and I must say that there was a lot of negative people around me too at the time because they were saying, don't do that, you're crazy. Um, and yeah. we're talking about a time when there was no internet, there's no email, yep. there's no phone yep. texting. I ran an office from my bedroom. I had to install a second home phone, at, you know, upstairs. And then yeah. I'd go to a church hall and carry a suitcase with props and tapes. You know, music had to be recorded and rewound yep. and a ghetto blaster. Yep. <laughs> and yep. then I'm changing yep. up this church hall. Um, life was different. Insurance was different. Everything was different. So yep. I think that there's a lot of people open businesses now. I'm not saying it's easier, but there's more, you know, you can open a business sort of and have that. The technology means you can text someone and you have instant people, you know, you can get out a message quickly. So I think that, and that was at a time when um, there wasn't many people doing businesses, I suppose. It was more like go down the safe path, university, get a job. Mm. Um, there was a risk involved and I had yes. supportive parents. And I also had to go off and get a, um, a loan to buy this business at the time. Right. So that was another yes. thing. Um, and I actually uh, had a ma- uh, met a lovely old man who was, had money and was in his 90s and he was a lover of the arts and he wanted to and he, he was having art classes with my mum, I think, and he said, I'd really like to help you get this business up and going and I'll lend you the money for the first 12 months and then you can go off and get a bank loan. So I paid him interest and he was, um, he was invested and he gave me tickets to the Australian Ballet and he was a lover of the arts and he was a dear old man and then um, I ended up going off to the bank back in the days when a bank loan was a bit easier. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I've actually I've got a funny story. I'm not sure how politically correct this is okay for um, so you can always edit it. <laughs> well, let's go wherever the conver- wherever the conversation goes. I want to I want to hear it. You've got you've given us so much gold al- already. Well, uh, and um, it's just a, it's just a pleasure hearing hearing uh, all of this. I did want to mention about yeah. that gentleman that wanted to help you was you also created that and put yourself in a position that that happened because of you know people when people see greatness they're happy to be a part of it if they can and help if they can yeah and that that's what this person did so you know um just loving how things have have unfolded but the 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 takeaway for me is you're still making it happen because you're putting yourself in that position you're doing the work in a time when it was like you know the other phone line, the carrying all the equipment to things, the uh, the challenges of reaching out for to, to people in an age where it wasn't as easy as, as it is now. So, so doing whatever it takes mm. to make it work. Yeah, that's a, that, that's a, a mindset of greatness as well. So. Let's talk about now this thing that you're thinking. I don't know where oh, we should it. You've, you've sparked my, you sparked my, uh, my attention there. That's for sure. Curiosity. Um, yeah, go for it. So in the early days, um, funnily enough, my um, girlfriend Alicia introduced me to um, a lady who did bookkeeping, and she came on as my bookkeeper, and it was sort of a, a love job too because she had um, granddaughters that wanted to dance at the studio, and so it was a bit of a contra deal. So she came along, and to describe Pat. She um, put it this way, she would have been very happy with last weekend's grand final because she loved Collingwood. She was about nice. five foot. Um, she was five foot, you know, nothing, gruff voice, loved her Collingwood, <laughs> salt of the earth, you know, funny, funny lady and spades a spade. 
anyway, um, I sort of said to her, I need to pay off this gentleman, George, and I'd like to get my own bank loan. And she said, okay, come on, princess, get your tits out. We're going to the bank. We're going to get you a bank loan. (laughs) She She said, I want your tits out, get your jewels on. We're going to Brighton. And I went, okay, so here I'm 25 in my fluffy Angora plunging neckline and my hair and my jewellery and and I'm sitting there and this bank manager sat opposite me and he's asking me questions, very conservative back in the day. And, you know, back in the day you go to the bank, you actually got to see someone, you didn't have to do it online. Mm. So, mm. And we're sitting there and he's going through a checklist and he looked at me and said, so um, uh, what, are, what are your assets? And she nudged me and she said, oh, she's got a great set of tits and teeth. And the poor bloke, he didn't know where to look. And he, he went, oh, um, um, yes, okay, can't see that being a problem. We'll have those forms signed. Uh, everything looks great. And I was out of there in five minutes with my bank loan. And he, I don't think he knew where to look. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I got my I got my money. It was a bit of money back in those days too. It was probably, you know, fifty, sixty thousand or something. <laughs> and I needed it to do more renovation. I don't know, but anyway, I got my bank loan yeah. and um dear Patty went to God about oh, uh or oh, early two thousands now, mid two thousands, and in her um eulogy they told that story. And everyone to this day calls me tits and teeth. <laughs> <laughs> told where it come her well, friends so yeah she was a funny lady well, and um so do with that what you will you can you can edit it if you no, want that's fine. <laughs> I, I love those stories say because patty knew knew how to get some things done yeah and she was very direct communicator yeah. in uh, now i've heard sex sells because advertising tells <laughs> us that uh and you know i i guess what people might say is if you've got assets you i've gotten away for that podcast today you know (laughs) (laughs) so it was very funny what a great what a great story it worked you got what you needed Mm. and then i would imagine that would have uh, helped propel a lot of things obviously not obviously but you did say yeah we needed that to to continue and do what we needed to do so It's great that it happened that way, and um, and then we've got we've got great memories of Patty, and we all do now. Um, <laughs> yeah, and uh, it was different times as well. Different times, yeah. different things worked, and uh, and and a great story. I personally absolutely love it, and yeah. I'm glad that it worked out really well for you. Yeah. So you're a long, young lady. You've got uh, some business cash behind you yeah. to work on the, on the business, and. Uh, you know, what's happening after that? Because there's a few years between now and then. I know you do a, a yearly concert now, which mm. I really want to talk about later because the amount of uh, work, thinking, uh, action, the whole gambit, you know, that you'd need to manage to, to do that on a yearly basis must be massive in dealing with kids and parents and, and the whole lot as well. Yeah. But um, is there anything that's happened to you since you got your bank loan and 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 have continued to to work on that business and make a difference to the community and and you know we joke and we say that's you know you're the queen of bayside but a lot of families have gone through the steps school of dance and you've made a difference to those families both in uh 
infectious positivity as well as moving the body as well as you know you tell me what the benefits are of of, of kids going through through a dance school so um, can you tell us more about your journey and and what happened after that yeah look I think the whole the culture of the school is what I love and I really do feel like we're we're a family sort of business we're not um we sit in the middle of the recreational schools and the very very serious schools and I feel like we have a nice you know um it is very family oriented and I think that uh you know I love the fact that four of my teachers that work for me now were students at the school Wow, that's great longevity. Yeah, and they've gone off and done their own thing and they've performed and, you know, been on cruise ships and shows and everything. And so a lot of my staff over the years have been um, performers. Recently I went and saw Rocky Horror and one of my ex-student and teachers, she's 28 now, and I taught her when she was four and I looked at her and went, she's going to be on the stage. She's just got it. She's got that thing. Um, Yeah, yeah, now she's doing great things and she was a teacher for me and... You know, that we stay connected to a lot of them. I now have the next generation coming, yeah, which is a little yeah, bit scary. Yeah. And they say, oh, you taught me, now you're teaching. Well, um, I mean, I'm not teaching anymore. I've, I'm running the business. You know, if you knee problems, injuries, backs, <laughs> a bit of old age. But yeah. I still am very present in the school. I'm here every day. Uh, yes. It, it is it is my life, you know. It is, it's my mm. children as well. But, you know, they've come into, they work in the business and, and are students in the business and, yeah, so it's very family um, and I like to think that it's a community that a lot of people I do meet haven't really gone far, haven't haven't left the, mm. the hood and mm. Bayside is that kind of, you know, community of um, feel, yeah. Yeah, so you've, you've built a great community over the years. You've talked about a culture there in the business. Yeah. Now that's, that's important for anyone in business to build that culture mm. and uh, I believe everyone is responsible for that culture and then at the same time it takes someone uh, like an owner or someone at the top to instill that and drive that from the top down and also live those values uh, that is part of that is part of the culture mm. and I think I can see you doing that and I think other people see that and I think other people they were four years old and they've been seeing it for years, 20, 30 years they're seeing it. Yeah. Um, and that has a great impact on them because of how great you are. Oh. I don't know what to say when you say nice things like that. Sorry, John. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, this, and this is, for, this is for anyone that has trouble taking compliments, all, all you need to do is say thank you. I know. My kids say I'm the worst. Yeah. Actually, they get, they say to their friends, "Go and say say something to mum and see what she says." <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I, apparently, I always sort of come back with something. Oh. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think I've grown up with um a lot of humour around me. You know, I'd say to dad when I was a kid, yeah. "Say something nice about me." Come on, dad, and he'd say, "You have really great parents." <laughs> I'd go, no, say something nice about me. <laughs> you know, you've been raised really well, Emily. And I go, oh, okay. Like, you know, it was just a, a humour-based thing. So, um, yeah, and um, uh, I'm with you on that, and how that can get you through some things, and how that's just, you know, some people judge happiness by how many times a day you laugh, and I think that's uh, a great measuring stick by the wrinkles around our eyes, or the yeah. But um, yeah. I was thinking before when you said something about. I think a lot of people look and go, oh, you're lucky. You're lucky. Not just to me, to 
in generally it's an, it's mm. a, a term often used and I don't believe, yeah. oh, yes, we're fortunate we've grown up in a great country, you know, family and all those things, they are, you know, fortune and luck. But uh, it's what you do with the downs. It's not always, things aren't always lucky. They don't just land in your feet. You have, you know, on your lap or at your feet, mm. <laughs> you have to mm. go out and and chase them. I mean, I've had so many times I've been told no and, yeah. you know, even finding this building, I went through council and I had 12 knockbacks till I found the perfect building I wanted, you know, to have run my studio in. Right. So you weren't always in the studio that you're in now. No. And uh, you were out there looking for a premises mm. to, to, um, to grow and you've had 12 knockbacks before you found this place. Yep. Well, that's a pretty resilient mindset. It's like I'm going to keep going until I found the place that I need to say. How did you keep going through those 12 no's? I, I think that, well, I started off in a church hall and then they asked me to leave and then I found a new premises which was a, a secondary college. And then the church said, oh, we've changed our mind. You can come back. I said, well, I've signed a lease now. I'm going somewhere else. So then I went to a secondary mm. college and I was there for five years and it just didn't suit running a business with a sharing with a secondary college and it came across some obstacles and I was quite unhappy. And I sort of said, okay, we need to find somewhere that's our own. So everywhere we went, and I say that um, we, every time I apply for somewhere, we get a knockback saying it's on a main road, we don't want kids, we don't want this, we don't want that. So it was sort of um, end of, well, middle of 2004 and I was pregnant <laughs> and found a great spot in Sydenham Street, Hyatt, and had to go through um, after 12 knockbacks, finally found the place we wanted. Mm. And the only problem was council had the neighbours all complaining they didn't want anything. And at the time it was a factory and I could have opened any old factory, but they didn't want a dance studio because of, um, you know, car parks and kids and things. So mm. I got it across the line. It was the 11th hour kind of, and it was Christmas Eve. We wow. Got the okay. And, um, yeah, so it's um, 18 years ago now that I've got an 18-year-old and... And we were fortunate to be able to rent this building. And then I'd always said to the owner, you know, if you ever decide to sell, you know, you could be interested in buying it. Yeah. And he said, no, I'll never sell. And people used to say to me, he's never going to sell. He will never sell. And I said, well, never say never. He might. No, he's not going to sell. And I, um, I did a vision board and I sort of went, I want to buy this building. So I had photos of the building. I had photos in my phone, oh, not my phone, it would have been a folder then, and this is my dream and this is this is where I want to be. And everyone thought I was a little bit delusional, but anyway, that was my fairy tale. Oh, I think it's a, great, uh, it's a great way to put out there something that you desire so it can be pretty, pretty clear. You know, a lot of people go around with not really an exact something that they want but kind of a vague idea and that's really hard for life to deliver on that but if you have a specific idea and uh there's i love that action that you took so there's action in actually talking to the um to, to the owner but then there's also that action that, that you've done by 
visualizing and and help manifesting that so when manifest when you manifest something and there's also action that that's the two sides of the coin you need to produce those kind of results in your life so yeah, yeah I, I think it's a absolute great thing that you did tell tell us more about it tell us how it and how, well, how it worked out in the end funnily enough he decided to um come up the owner decided to put it up for sale but he said i'm not going to sell it to you i'm putting it up for auction and i felt ill i thought no way i put all this work into it or you know we've all sort of built it up into what it is now it had been renovated we'd had builders in and suddenly they were going to sell it and i i panicked but i had a lot a bit of a lease at the time and um so the first time it went up for sale uh, financially, it wasn't a possibility because um, we just bought a house. So yep. it wasn't going to happen. So anyway, I watched the auction and it was passed in and the owner said, oh, we're not going to sell it now. Anyway, a couple of years later, he decided again. Hang on a minute. I've got to pause you there. This is the place you've been in for years that you found after 12 knockbacks that you've built up your business in. There's a lot of uh, love and creativity and everything yep. happening there. And uh you're the one that said, please, can you sell it to me? And the owner's like, no, I'm not selling it to you. I'm going to put it up for auction. And yeah. you've got to stand at the auction yeah. going, oh, oh, God, I can't imagine. Auctions are stressful anyway, but I can't imagine what you'd be going through standing there thinking this this place could be sold. I'd love to have it. Yeah. I'd love it to be in my destiny, which, which it actually was, but you yeah. don't know that at the time. Oh, wow. So... Um, <laughs> Were you freaking out of the auction? Oh, I felt sick. And then yeah. and the only thing that was in was that I thought, okay, at least I've got a long lease. They can't kick me out. Yeah. Um, I've still got 10 more years or whatever it was up my sleeve or how many, you know, I still yeah. had this time frame and people around me all saying, you know, it'll be okay. And I, I felt I was upset, but it was passed in because mm. no one really bid. Yep. So then that gave me some breathing time and I said, oh, well, It'll happen again. I'll have another chance next time. And at the time I had the flyer and I wrote across it, dream, and I put it in my filing cabinet. Yep. And it was several years later. It was, um, I want to say 2011, 20, 2012. Yeah, 2012. Um, he said it's coming up for sale and I went, this time we have to make this happen. And mm. I um, went to my parents and they were not, they were like, no, no, we can't invest in that. And the other thing is with a commercial property, you need a lot bigger deposit. <laughs> you need 30%, yeah, right. not 10%. Yeah. So, and thanks to family, a very, um, I'll say my uncle and my dad, and myself, we decided that we would give this a go and create a um, create a company and buy the building. So we went to the mm-hmm. auction, and it went for a lot more than it should have at the time. That mm-hmm. my um, uncle, who was bidding for me, kept on kept on going. <laughs> I was sort of feeling sick, yeah. going, "Oh no, we've gone over." But yeah, I sat in this actual office on the ground, shaking and saying, "I can't believe we've got it." I've got it. So yeah. that was in, yeah, 20, 2012. So uh, it, it was that feeling of it, it's happened. I always knew it would happen. Mm. And in my head it was always going to happen. And then when it yeah. did, I was still, I can't believe it has, you know. <laughs> sort of yeah, it was yeah. just that. Um, so it was I couldn't have done it on my own and I had, you know, um, supportive family around me and I had, um, but in this, in saying that, it was an investment for them as well. So it wasn't, you know, 
Yeah, it was a good yeah, deal. Yeah, it was a good deal. But, I mean, you had to bring those parties together. You manifested it with your dreams and your vision board and your um, desires and putting it out there. You took um, action towards it. I love how you said it was kind of like the feeling that you had was always going to happen. Yeah. It was just a matter of when. So I think when people feel really strongly or have an intuition really strongly and visualize it and take and i keep banging on about taking action but you, you it's it's a key ingredient yeah. uh, in it and you need it all you need the feelings the visualizing and, and and the taking of the action but um you uh had that sense and that intuition that it's going to happen and it was just a matter of when and that is um that is really powerful Especially because you still held on to that vision when it was when you're at the auction and and the guy didn't want to sell it to you and you couldn't buy it in the first auction. It's, <laughs> I know. It's, it's blowing my I mind. Intestinal fortitude that would be required to keep holding that vision. Yeah, and I had um, uh, and you know a lot of people say oh that I'm a little bit you know psychic or something and that I know things are going to happen but I don't know whether it's you know, intuition, gut feeling or making things mm, happen mm, and mm. and taking, you know, and I can even bring in this as sort of a side note, but I have two amazing kids, but I had three losses. So, right. um, and even then those knockbacks were like I was going to be a mum, you know. I think that yeah. um, and people say to me now, oh, God, you're so lucky you've got great kids. And I think, well, it's not luck. You've got to put a lot of work into that. They don't just come out like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. they just come out like that. But um, I think that it's – and it's also how you – you look at things, you know, it, it is – it's how you um, deal with the knockbacks and yeah. and not, and, and that get, get up again. And, and there's been, you know, so many – I mean, we've all just been through, you know – three years of lockdowns and those lots of dance studios closed and not all of them are fortunate enough to um, have had, you know, the, uh, sorry, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, the support of, mm. you know, having a building that they, you know, could stay in or, or things like that. So in that situation, I do see it as, as fortunate, but then I also had to look at other ways of, you know, keeping the business going. So as in a, you've worked yeah. incredibly hard to be in this position and they do say luck is where uh, work and preparation meet. And and so in that context, yeah, you had because you've, you've done the preparation you've done and you've done the work. Uh, so uh, sometimes I've seen luck also described as the, um, there's a picture of an iceberg and the success part is the smallest part of the iceberg, and underneath the iceberg, it's like the work, the appointments, the the thinking, the what is all the stuff uh, that's underneath. That uh, and and people see the tip of the iceberg and go, oh yeah, that's that's a really nice uh, nice iceberg. Yeah, my partner, I think he said it in my birthday last year. He said um, that you know you see Emily at the top, sort of floating, doing all the all the stuff that looks good but you don't see all the work that's going on behind it you know yeah. I, you don't yeah. always show it and that goes you know for for a lot of people and a lot of people with business and yeah you you, you have to put in the hours and I, I and the idea of the word success to me isn't a lot of people probably see it as money I don't yeah. you hear people say oh they run a really successful business and I think what does a successful business mean 
uh, to me, it's the job you love. I don't look at my job as a job. It's not work. Mm. I don't say, oh, mm. Sunday. Oh, it's just I, every day is a different day for me. Sure, there's, you know, bookkeeping and <laughs> telephone calls mm. and emails, but I don't um, ever think I can't wait to, you know, give up my job or anything like that because I do love it. And and yep. lockdown really showed me how much I love to be busy, whereas yep. there were people that were loved the whole I don't have to work and, you know, um, but I, that that would drive me crazy, you know. So I miss so many puzzles and cupboards you can <laughs> sort. So um, what I'm what I'm hearing is that you're doing what you love, yeah, and so it's aligned with who you are, and when people are doing what they love and it's aligned with who you are, it gives you energy to be able to do those things. It's not a chore. It's a pleasure. And the other thing, I'm glad you actually answered this question before I had a chance to ask it, What? how do you define success? (laughs) Yeah, so so excellent. So you define success as um, uh, doing something that you love, yeah, uh, and enjoying life every day. Yeah, and I mean, sure, the um, you want to put a roof over your head and have those things yeah. in your life. But I think I read a book years ago called "You Know, Do What You Love, The Money Will Follow," and yeah. and I'm sure you'd agree with that. And you know, what you're doing now, interviewing, is what you love. You know, so yeah. if you find a job you're passionate about, it doesn't seem like work and I hear people yep. grumble and go oh I've got to go to work oh you know I want to take a sick you want to do that I think that must be awful to dread getting mm. on the train every day and going to work and um mm. and you know so and and then yet it's funny I've got a cousin who's a um a policeman he's quite a senior position and he came into the dance studio once he goes oh I could never do this job dealing with all these mums and kids and I said I could never do your job it's fine you know there's something for everyone there you can you know the hours that he works and the Mm. so um yeah I think it really is finding something you're passionate with and then and then following it through and not giving up because there's so many times you you know people do give up because it's all too hard and they're told just let it go yeah yeah Mm. I heard a good um quote this week Uh, I actually ended up posting it it was um if you feel like giving up, just take a rest and keep going. Mm. Just take a pause, take a rest, and then and then when you're ready, keep going. And hopefully, that time in between the rest and keeping going isn't isn't long. But you don't have to you don't have to quit if it's something that you're passionate about and that you love, and you've just had a few knockbacks and, and there's just a few challenges. Mm. Keep keep going, which you have done. <laughs> uh, uh, with uh, all the things you've, you've spoken about so far. Now, I read a, a great quote, I love quotes, and I read a great great quote on your website for the Steps School of Dance saying, dance, the hidden language of the soul. That's yep. fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And the other one I love is um, dance is for everybody. You know, it's not um, not just for certain bodies, it's for everybody. So... You know, that's another one we go by here. Um, oh, I love that saying yeah. too. I probably put that in the show notes because it's um, it's uh, it's applicable to everybody. Yeah, yeah. And so your a lot of your life has been and revolved around dance. Now I know you do this uh, yearly concert. Yeah. Uh, I'll be there this year with my ten year old <laughs> daughter, who's uh, in the concert and uh, loving being part of Steps. 
And so can you tell us about that? Because it's a bit like um, you, what your partner was saying in that that must take so much effort yes. uh, and dealing with yourself and dealing with others and things like that. And then um, there is, I know there's a couple of shows for the for the week. Mm. I mean, you, you, you spread it out that way. But let, let's say then then the event happens mm. and people might only see that, of course, you know, as a parent or whatever, you, you turn up and you've taken your, your child to the dance classes for them to, to get uh, – uh, to be able to perform in in the show, so we're seeing a bit of the iceberg, mm. but we're not seeing all all that uh, all that other stuff. So, what kind of um, mindset do you have to take on, and what kind of uh, ways do you keep motivated uh, to 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 keep going so the show must go on? Well, I say to anyone who's been married, it's like putting on a wedding with a hundred brides and a hundred mothers of the bride. <laughs> 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 We've all just gone, holy oh, shit, that and, must be hard. And knowing your bride. <laughs> 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 so maybe 200 brides. Um, so, yeah. And the other thing I used to say is, Jesus, and a school for orphans could be an option, you know, no mothers, no parents. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, look, to be honest, I'm very much about the event. I love events. You know me. I love, yeah. I love a party. I love hosting. I love a production, everything. And every detail is important to me, and I don't know whether every detail's actually noticed, but it's it's got to be done. And I think the excitement of the the students and the teachers is what keeps it going. You know, this week we've had mm. costumes arriving, and they're coming in, and kids have been trying on sample costumes, and we've it's that buzz and that excitement, and it's the end of the year that we all look forward to whether it be like Christmas or a grand final or a valedictory or a formal or something there's all those processes in it and I think the reward is at the end standing in the wings of the theatre and seeing the joy on the students faces and the parents and then I go to the stage door when they're being checked out and the pure joy they forget every you know every rehearsal that's been a pain for them, every email they've had to read or newsletter they've had to look at. And um, I think now that I'm a parent, I see it differently too because when I ran the studio, I was young. I didn't have kids. And I'd think, why are they so happy with their children? They're not doing it properly, you know. <laughs> what are they going the wrong way? And now when then you have a child. And they clap and you just think, oh, wow, they can clap or they can sing blah, blah, black sheep or they can turn in a circle. And you're just so blown away by your own child. Yep. So then it suddenly started to make sense to me, this thing of when they're yours, they can do anything. They can't do anything wrong really. Um, and so I now get to see that as a parent as well and the joy that it brings. Yep. You know, I've got two kids that love performing on stage and, that's the big part of their life. So if I can bring that to other families, and it, it is a choice, they don't have to dance, they don't have to come and mm. do it, but if I can bring that to the families and the friendships they make. I'm catching up with my ballet girlfriends in a few weeks and I've known them since I was four. So it, it doesn't just stop there. And we get out our old programs out, you know, and our old photos, albums. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, we have a good laugh and... So I think it's creating memories and a whole part of mm. belonging and and that's that's what I'm proud of and that's why I'm still doing yep. it, you know, and yeah, loving it. So what that brings to the community and to literally thousands of people 
on a yearly basis and you've been doing it for many, many years, it's such a beautiful gift that you bring to the world. And so I can imagine that sense in that context that can keep you going through through some of the challenging times. Yep. But it does sound like even though there are challenging times, they pale into insignificance when you see the joy that yeah. you bring and the impact you have on the community and the friendships that you've made along the, along the journey. Yes, they, they, they sure do. And then, you know, some are sort of like, oh, and then we'll do it all again. <laughs> so I think <laughs> 20, coming up to 28 years, I think we are. So, yeah. Oh, that's twenty-eight, that's well, 28 years on sole proprietor sort of thing. Um, or, yep. Yeah, and that was the other thing. So I started on? sorry as a sole proprietor, yeah. and then I became a company in uh, that would have been to the middle of lockdown. So it was you know up until then I'd been a sole proprietor. All right, mm. and the concert is happening in November. Yes, now, I feel compelled to say twenty twenty-three because people could be listening to this in twenty twenty-five. Oh, they um, could. But it's, It'll still be on. Well, it's pretty much every November. So, well, it's six. It's how... the eighteenth of November, twenty twenty-three, at Monash University, the Alexander Theatre, and they the tickets are sold through Monash in the coming weeks. Great. Well, we're going to have links to that in the in the uh, show notes. Yep. So, if people would like to buy tickets, they can do it through that. And uh, hopefully, some of the some of the mums are listening to this as well, uh, and uh, and that will also remind them that they've got to get their tickets. Yeah, and it's the Wizard of Oz, and then it's Over the Rainbow. The second half is all very colourful rainbow and lots of um, great, you know, pop modern songs, I suppose you call them. And um, yeah, it's it's a good show. I think we do a good show, as in it's not too long, it's quite tight, it's entertaining, and yep. most parents say to me. What they see is that kids enjoying themselves and happy on the stage, and that's what it's about. Yeah, it's a great vibe. I've been before, and I'll be there again. And I do love, uh, I do love how you do it. And uh, we have a thing here called, or I do, I should say, it's a Spotify playlist called uh, Merco Motivation. Oh, and I ask all my guests, what is a song? could say the song but what's a song that when you hear when you listen it really pumps you up every time and puts you uh, in a good state have you got one of those well, how do i avoid sounding really cliche but dancing queen <laughs> dancing queen all right i would have how, to say how appropriate for you <laughs> i have to say though i was watching a thing on ava the other day and i went I have to say that is probably, and it's really cliche, one of my all-time favourite bands still because they're still being played and it's still that song you hear and everybody just gets onto the dance floor. That's absolutely perfect. I'm going to be adding <laughs> Dancing Queen by ABBA to the Merco Motivation <laughs> playlist because I'm sure there's a number of people out there like you, they hear that, it brings back the memories. And, you know, ABBA was a great fun um, band as well, very um, catchy, great outfits, Yeah, all, all, all the rest of it. Well, my kids and, listen to uh, it now, so that's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, and endured the test of time, yeah. so, so, so good on them, good on them. Yeah. Emily, we are nearly um, uh, at time. You mentioned a, a book that you read that, uh, that that really helped you, which was uh, do what you love and the money will come. Is there any other 
impacts on your personal growth that you've had, whether it be a book or a movie or something like that, we can share with the audience and uh, and leave the audience with a uh, with a final thought on on something that we can that that's worked for you yeah. that might work for them. Look, look. To be honest, anyone listening to me now would go, Emily doesn't read. She never reads. So any books I did read probably were twenty five years ago. Like I did all the, you know, Rich Dad Poor Dad and the E Myth and the Do What You Love. You know, all those sorts of and a lot of self help books. Uh, yeah. I think now life has changed. We tend to listen to things or watch things on YouTube and and TikToks and you know and mm. life gets busy and I sort of open a book and I fall asleep. So um, I. Look, I really put it down to the manifesting is the listening, the visualising, the having goals and being prepared to have knockbacks and then turn them around. Like um, I didn't touch on the fact that in lockdown I started doing active wear range um, because I was trying to find ways. Everyone was doing exercise, you know, and Mm. um, I couldn't run my classes but I thought everyone's buying leggings and online shopping so I sort of went in to open another business during lockdown, which was a, a little side thing. And then I think, you know, and we didn't talk about the coffee cart or anything like that, but there's a few different. No, well, yeah. we'll have to have a part two. I'm definitely going to have you back on Sorry, the there's too much. No, I'm too no. old. There's just too many years. But, um, don't apologise. Don't you're going to have a, that, a repeat. Yeah, I just think that when you when you get something you love and that you don't always, doesn't always work, then just, you know, there's often other angles and other things you can add, add on to that. Mm. Did that answer mm. the question? <laughs> yeah, I, I think so because you're always looking and exploring and you don't let challenges stop you. You go, you know, what we said at the start of the episode, you know, how can I? Well, if that's not working, mm. how can I do something else? You yeah. Know? Exploring that. And uh, and making it happening, happening, and uh, and having that positive mindset, and that uh, and and that's what you've talked about today is a to be great. You have a positive mindset. You keep going. It doesn't mean you won't have setbacks, and sometimes things don't work out, but you keep going, and they'll work out. Yep. It's been a absolute pleasure having you on the show. And yes, I will have you back because there's still more things to talk <laughs> about. Too. I know. I got a bit sorry. Yeah, but sorry. <laughs> part two. So thank you so much. I'm sure not only myself, but the audience has got a lot out of out of listening to you today. And I'm very very excited that you were here and thank you so much i really really appreciate you coming on and i wish you uh, continued <laughs> success well thank you for asking me and it's been a lot of fun and it, and it brought back a lot of memories so thank you thanks john no worries much love okay bye <laughs> <laughs> i bet you you're gonna you're gonna do exactly what i'm gonna do right now and go to the bathroom rush to the bathroom <laughs> see, see you later much love bye Another incredible episode of Rise and Thrive Conversations for Greatness. I hope this conversation has ignited a fire within you, inspiring you to take bold steps towards your own path of greatness. Guess what? The journey doesn't end here. There's so much more to explore, learn and achieve. So if you're hungry for more insights, more inspiration and more strategies to fuel your personal and professional greatness, get ready because the next episode is just around the corner. 
every Tuesday to be precise, where we'll continue to unravel the secrets to unlocking your extraordinary potential. Don't miss out on the chance to keep rising and thriving with us. Hit the subscribe button and you'll be the first to know when a new episode drops. And remember, greatness is not a destination, it's a continuous journey, so let's embark on it together. Thank you so much for being part of the Rise and Thrive community. It means so much to me that you're listening. And my wish for you is that you get so much out of doing so. Keep reaching for the stars, keep pushing your boundaries, and keep embracing the challenges that come your way, because that's how we truly grow. Stay tuned, stay motivated, and get ready to rise and thrive. If you're finding value from our conversations, don't forget to share this podcast with your friends, family, and colleagues. Together, we can create a ripple effect of positivity, optimism, and positive change. Keep shining brightly. Your greatness knows no bounds. And remember, be great and stay awesome.